Welcome to Jane Unchained, featuring best-selling author, TV journalist, and JaneUnchained.com founder, Jane Velez Mitchell. In the next few minutes, you'll hear a secret solution to the problems that plague our world. If you want to revolutionize your life, get truly joyful, and jump to the next phase of human evolution, all it takes is one simple choice. Now, here's your host, Jane Velez Mitchell. Hello, so great to have you here. We've got a real, real shocker for you today. You are not going to believe this. This is a shocking story. Uh, Right now, with the horrors going on in the Ukraine, and literally the President of the United States calling Vladimir Putin a war criminal, you have at the same time, according to White Coat Waste, the U.S. government sending a ton of money to Russia so cats can be tortured. It sounds like something out of a horror movie. Justin Goodman of White Coat Waste, what have you said you've found? So by uh, using information on publicly available databases through the National Institutes of Health and looking at published uh, papers coming out of Russia, uh, we've discovered that the NIH using U.S. taxpayer dollars has been shipping money to a Kremlin-run animal testing laboratory um, called the Pavlov Institute in St. Petersburg, Russia, for experiments in which uh, most recently uh, 18 cats had portions of their brains damaged, their spinal cords destroyed, uh, electrodes implanted into their bodies, and then were forced to run on treadmills before being killed. Uh, This project received $550,000 just last year in 2021, and since 2018, it's received $770,000 of taxpayer dollars um, for these horrendous experiments on cats, all, at, again, at tax dollars expense. Our hard, hard-earned money is being shipped over to the Kremlin to government-run laboratories that are abusing animals. This is so shocking, it's almost hard to believe. Vanessa Shakib of Advancing Law for Animals, what is wrong with our government where we have this disconnect where we're decrying the barbarism of the leadership of Russia waging war on women and children in the Ukraine, literally bombing them, where all you see are baby carriages where there were babies, and yet we are sending money to this country to experiment on cats? This is literally, it's almost, it's so awful, it's hard to believe. Jane, thanks so much for having me back on the show. And big thank you to White Coat Waste for finding and exposing this atrocious, atrocious experimentation on cats funded by U.S. tax dollars. Jane, you're very right to be concerned about this. But the bottom line is this is part of our government's pattern and practice. There's about 1,100 facilities receiving U.S. taxpayer dollars for animal experimentation. And of these about 1,100 facilities, 353 of them are outside of the United States in about 57 different foreign countries. So what we're seeing happening in Russia is not unique. Now, what is horrifying about the experiments taking place in Russia is, as you're saying, um, 
Russia is in the middle of bombing Ukraine. Sanctions are being imposed by different countries against Russia. But at the same time, uh, Russia's doing animal experimentation on our tax dollars. So that's number one problem. Number two problem is that foreign countries are using our taxpayer dollars for animal experimentation with no oversight as to animal welfare standards. And that's why Advancing Law for Animals is thrilled to represent White Coat Waste in a lawsuit against the NIH challenging this illegal foreign animal lab loophole that allows our taxpayer dollars to be used in foreign countries without the minimum animal welfare standards that exist for domestic laboratories receiving taxpayer funding for animal experimentation. So there is apparently a bill now that would stop this. Justin, tell us about this proposed legislation. It sounds like a slam dunk, like something we should obviously be doing. Yeah, you'd think so. So there's legislation that we've helped introduce called the Accountability in Foreign Animal Research Act. That's the AFAR Act, uh, H.R. 5527. And this bill was introduced by Congresswoman Lisa McLean from Michigan. Uh, this piece of legislation, the AFAR Act, would prevent tax dollars from being used to fund animal experiments in foreign countries that are deemed adversarial nations. Uh, so that would include places like Russia, places like China. Uh, and I am you know, thrilled to work with Congresswoman McLean on this and proud to say that we saw a little bit around the corner here. I mean, we helped introduce this bill in October of 2021, so uh, last year. Um, we worked with Congresswoman McLean to introduce the AFAR Act to cut off money for these foreign adversaries. And we actually met with, back in 2019, we first flagged that countries like Russia and China had dozens of laboratories being funded by the U.S. National Institutes of Health with our tax dollars. We ended up flagging this for the White House early in 2020 and just got crickets. Uh, after that happened, we decided we needed to work with Congress and that's what led to this new piece of legislation, the AFAR Act, that would, you know, again, at least ensure that our funding is not going to countries that do not have our best interests in mind and also and also pose a threat to our national security. Certainly, uh, Russia should not be receiving tax dollars for animal experiments while it's being sanctioned left and right by the United States for um, the abuses that it's causing in Ukraine. Well, they, nobody should be torturing cats. I saw the video and I wanna dive a little bit more deeply into that. It's the stuff of nightmares. There's this poor cat walking on a treadmill, which he cannot or she cannot stop walking because she would die. Uh, it, you're a forced march. And when I saw that video, I was like, this is so sick and for what purpose i mean the time has come to stand up and say this medieval garbage that produces absolutely no scientific results has to end when you see the video you get it anybody they can write anything up on a paper to make it look legit but when you see this poor cat um walking on a treadmill and it can't stop because it's connected by the neck this is torture justin 
It's absolutely right. It's taxpayer-funded torture, and whether it's happening in Russia or the United States, it's unacceptable, which is why we work you know, day in and day out to cut this $20 billion in funding that the NIH is flushing down the toilet on these cruel and wasteful experiments every year, $20 billion. And over a hun- we found that over 100 million of that every year is going to foreign countries, not just Russia and China, as Vanessa mentioned. There's over 300 laboratories and 50 animal laboratories in 50 different countries outside the United States that the NIH is shipping tax dollars to, both directly and indirectly. Um, other examples- Meanwhile, we've- kids here in the United States, you know, are gonna not have enough to eat because um, there's funding that's running out. It's, it's insane. We've got a, some callers here. Um, let's start with Lindsay from Los Angeles. Your question or thought, Lindsay. Yes, uh, this is atrocious. We need to do everything we can to stop it. Imagine we are sending money to Russia, period. Period. That's insane. And the testing on the animals, we know it does not work. We know it does not translate to human health. And this needs to end. Uh, I hope that we have more information about how we can support this bill. And, of course, we can contact uh, our representative, Lisa McLean, um, and support the bill afar. But anything else, please let us know what else we can do. Thank you. Excellent question. What can people do? This bill, where is it? Um, This should be a bipartisan issue. Uh, Obviously, um, nobody should be suggesting that we should be sending money to Russia to do bizarre experiments on cats at a time when we are putting sanctions in place, especially. But it should never be happening. What can we do to pass this bill? And I'll throw it to uh, Vanessa. Well, I think the first step has already been accomplished, which is White Coat Waste has worked with Congress to introduce this seminal piece of legislation. And I defer to Justin as to where this bill is and how everyone listening can support its passage. Justin, what can we do? So you can visit whitecoatwaste.org and on our take action page, you can contact your member of Congress uh, and ask them specifically to co-sponsor the AFAR Act. Um, That's the legislation that would cut funding for animal testing in foreign adversaries like Russia and China. Um, Again, go to whitecoatwaste.org. There's a button there to take action and you'll see the AFAR Act listed there. There's an easy form to fill out. It'll send a letter right directly to your member of Congress. If you'd like to make a phone call, you can visit Find My Rep uh, online and you'll find the contact information for your House of Representatives uh, member and based on your zip code and you can call them and ask them to co-sponsor the AFAR Act, the Accountability in Foreign Animal Testing Act. The bill number is HR 5527. While we're trying to promote this bill and get it to the finish line and to the president's desk, uh, we are also working with members who are directly urging President Biden to cut off the funding for these Russian laboratories in concert with the other sanctions that are being levied against Russia for its aggression in Ukraine. Um, So again, we are trying to pass the AFAR Act. Please visit whitecoatwaste.org. You can take action there. Um, And we're also working on other avenues, including with Congress directly urging the president to take some kind of action here. Uh, Jane, you're absolutely right. This should be a common sense bipartisan issue 
that everyone can agree on. And we are certainly cautiously optimistic that we will see some kind of resolution here. This is an, this is a slam dunk for the White House. If they want to see, if they want to communicate that they're taking the situation seriously and being hard on Russia, the very least they can do is say that we're not going to ship them money to torture animals. That's something everyone can agree on. All right. I think we still have, hopefully, Jamin from Washington on the line. Jamin, your question or thought? Oh, hey, thank you so much, Jane, and big warm hello to Justin and Vanessa. Um, I'm uh, relatively new to the game of animal rights, and, you know, I've just made the transition to veganism in the last couple of years. Hey, better late than never. And as regards animal rights, you know, I just wanted to take action. And the first action I'm taking is just calling to send the three of you lots of love and support. Much appreciation. I know you're on the front lines and just know that there's lots and lots of us who love you and love what you're doing and just sending you all love and support. What's Thank your you so question? Much uh, What's your question? Oh, yeah. So my, my question is, um, so specifically in the Ukraine, what's going on in terms of animal animal rights, specifically there in the Ukraine? Well, you raise a good question, Jamin, is that this is all happening as not just the people, and of course our hearts go after the people of the Ukraine, but the animals of the Ukraine are being devastated. There are reports of animals being left to die in zoos, of freezing to death because the people who would care for them are fleeing, of people unable to take their companion animals uh, with them as they flee across the border. So many of the images mm. that we saw of people fleeing were of people fleeing with their companion animals. Uh, Vanessa, mm. this needs to be a global wake-up call. And thank you for your call, uh, Jamin, and I hope you continue listening. You're welcome. This needs to be a wake-up call about our relationship with animals, this war. Um, who was it that said the famous phrase, as long as there are slaughterhouses, there will be battlefields? Uh, this is violence. And the violence that we commit on animals also is abhorrent. Vanessa. You know, this is a really great question. What's happening with the animals of Ukraine? And I can flag one issue that international rescue groups are facing um, due in large part to COVID-19. The CDC has temporarily suspended the importation of dogs. And so this raises big problems for rescue groups trying to rescue dogs from Ukraine by bringing them into the United States. Uh, so right now, in terms of helping dogs by bringing them to the United States, there are a lot of issues because of this CDC suspension. Um, back in this past July, I believe it was, the CDC temporarily suspended the import of dogs from foreign countries because its personnel was otherwise engaged related to coronavirus. Um, and according to the CDC, was not then able to examine dogs for import to verify their health. So this obviously has devastating consequences for rescue groups. Um, and I hope that the CDC is going to start putting energy into this issue. I mean, the underlying theme of all of this is that the United States government has disregard for animals. It's as if their suffering counts not in the slightest. 
They will send them to be tortured. They will subsidize their slaughter. They will uh, ignore the plight of human beings who love animals, who are trying to flee with their animals. What is wrong with the U.S. government, Justin? Well, that's a that's a whole a topic for a whole other show. Uh, you know, unfortunately, the United States government for too long has turned a blind eye to the suffering of animals that it's facilitating, whether it's in laboratories or farm subsidies that are, you know, uh, propping up big ag. Uh, at the great expense to animals and taxpayers, uh, horse roundups, uh, you name it, the US government is behind most of the worst abuses that are taking place on animals in this country. And as we're slowly learning around the world, uh, it's not just in the United States. And, you know, again, and I, I know we've talked about this too, Jane, we, we've been funding dangerous experiments all around the world, including in China, that may have caused the pandemic, and the United States is responsible for that, too. Um, but there's a lot of money to be made here, and there's a lot of powerful interests that are lobbying the government to keep them uh, involved hand in glove with animal exploitation industry. Um, so you have big ag. That it, it, it's a powerful voice uh, on Capitol Hill which is why you see farm subsidies, you know, outrageously funding things that we know are terrible for animals, terrible for the environment and terrible for health. Um, it's why you have colleges and universities spending so much time on Capitol Hill to make sure that those hundreds and millions and billions of dollars keep flowing into these colleges and universities around the country for experimentation on animals or pharmaceutical companies that are getting kickbacks from the government for uh, experimentation on animals. So uh, it runs the gamut. You know, the, there's a lot of powerful interests here. Animal exploitation is a billion, a multi-billion dollar problem. That, and our solution to that problem at White Waste Project is to cut the money off. You know, there's, you say, you know, you say it so well, Jane, I mean, this, these experiments are cruel. They're not producing results that are useful to anyone except the people who are cashing the paychecks to do them, uh, yet they continue to be funded. So our, our solution is we, we like to use the acronym FED. We find the abuse, we expose the abuse, and then we defund the abuse and let these, you know, let these experimenters find the money somewhere else. Let them go to the Gates Foundation or private industry and raise money to torture cats on treadmills. I promise you that no private company and no philanthropist is going to throw down money to torture cats and wasteful experiments. It's just not going to happen. Um, but we have the government run amok here, throwing billions of dollars to torture animals. Uh, and that's how you end up where we are. We are talking about a shocking new story just exposed by White Coat Waste. The U.S. government is funneling hundreds of thousands of dollars to Russia so that experiments, cruel and mindless experiments on cats can be done, making them walk on treadmills. Um, it's horrifying and of course this is all happening at a time when the united states government is trying to do whatever it can to help the people of ukraine uh, who have been attacked by russia russia is engaged in a vicious war against the people of ukraine killing women and children bombing them literally bombing buildings that say 
children inside and we are imposing sanctions and the whole world is outraged. And yet at the same time, we are allowing our hard earned tax dollars to go to Russia to fund senseless, medieval, cruel experiments on cats at a place called the Pavlov Institute. This sounds like something out of a horror movie. We all know about Pavlov's dogs who were trained to um, do things that were unpleasant to them because they were tortured. Um, This is literally so shocking and so awful. I would think every member of Congress would jump up and say, what on earth are we doing? And hold those uh, in government, the NIH, the National Institutes of Health accountable and that it would be a bipartisan effort. So let me ask you, Justin, uh, what is happening with that? What is what is the reaction within Congress, in the halls of Congress? I know you have people going through, letting the members of Congress know about this. What is their reaction? Shock and disbelief. Um, you know, the NIH for too long has gotten a free pass on research funding generally, but certainly on animal experimentation. And members of Congress who are the ones who hold the purse strings for this agency, Uh, are just in disbelief that the NIH is using the money that Congress appropriated for improving public health to torture cats in a Russian government laboratory. Um, And it gets worse because it's not just one lab. There's one lab where these cat experiments are happening, but there's actually four Kremlin-run laboratories that the NIH is shipping money to right now. We're still investigating what's happening at the other three. Um, But this has been a bipartisan campaign, and we're very proud of that. Uh, Congresswoman Lucille Roybal Allard from California, from the Los Angeles area, um, she's been leading an effort to get an audit of all of the government funding going to foreign countries and what type of oversight there is, because we've seen time and again, whether it's the Russian cat labs or the coronavirus experiments in Wuhan or addicting fish to nicotine and ecstasy at a lab in the United Kingdom, which is something we exposed a couple of years ago. Um, it seems that as soon as we, as soon as we're done uncovering one example of waste and abuse in a foreign lab, there's another one creeping up right behind it. Um, our estimate is that about $140 million, it probably is a little, even a little more than that, but $140 million a year is going to these foreign countries. And we're probably talking about experiments that are using altogether millions of animals um, in countries spread out all around the world. And you know, the work we're doing with Vanessa and Advancing Law for Animals is so important because of this foreign animal lab loophole that exempts foreign laboratories, illegally exempts foreign laboratories from some of the most basic oversight that U.S. labs are subject to. Are subject to. So they, there are these oversight committees that make sure that, uh, in a perfect world at least, are making sure that duplicative and stupid and wasteful experiments are not happening, that animal welfare laws are being followed, that biosafety, lo- biosafety regulations are being adhered to. Um, But the NIH has illegally exempted any foreign laboratory from having to follow these rules and have these oversight committees, which means it's the Wild West in some of these countries where there's no laws protecting animals. You know, Russia doesn't have laws governing the treatment of animals in laboratories. Uh, And even the labs getting U.S. money don't have to abide by the minimal standards of the United States. So 
even though the NIH is funding labs domestically and internationally, only the domestic labs have to follow the rules. And we believe that's an illegal loophole, which is why we're working with Advancing Law for Animals to file a lawsuit. We have filed this lawsuit against the NIH who are waiting for their response. Tell us uh, about their... that. Yeah, I, I want yeah. to jump in because that's such an important point. Vanessa, tell us about this lawsuit and spell it out in, in layman's terms. What What's happening there? Thanks so much, Jane. In layman's terms, Congress has directly spoken on this issue and said, hey, if you are an animal lab receiving taxpayer funds, you need certain minimum standards of care uh, by way of an animal care committee. Now, Congress has been clear, no matter what facility you are, you need this animal care committee. Despite this very clear mandate, at the same time, the NIH has enacted a rule illegally saying the opposite, saying if you are a foreign animal lab receiving taxpayer funds, you don't need this minimum standard of care. And I've got news for the NIH. Federal agencies do not get to do whatever they want. They actually must be uh, limited very specifically by uh, the will and actions of Congress. So if Congress says one thing, a federal agency cannot say the opposite. And that's why this case is so incredibly important because the, these federal agencies have billions of dollars. They're funding all sorts of horrific activities on animals and there is no oversight. That's why we need the incredible work of white coat waste to find, expose and defund cruel and wasteful spending. And we need to then sift through this spending and examine it for illegality to sue the government and bring oversight and transparency back. All right, we've got another caller, Tom from Chicago. Your question or thought for our panel. Hi, Jane. Thank you so much for taking my call. Uh, my question was that I believe this is a $20 billion a year industry. So obviously people around the world are making huge profits off this. Um, will it take people on the inside that are actually making money off this to wake up one day and realize what they're doing is morally and ethically bankrupt, that their own conscience just gets to them seeing what they're doing, what they're exploiting, to stop them and say, we can't do this anymore, to please stop doing this around the world, stop torturing animals. If you could address this, thank you so much for taking my call. Thank you. Uh, thank you, Tom. And, and, you know, Justin, whistleblowers are one way that these stories get out. So many people go to these labs thinking they are trying to help science, trying to help medical progress, and they see these horrors going on. And they've been going on since before Christ. They've been breaking dog spinal cords to see what happens. And, and I think uh, spinal cords were involved in this latest experiment in, in Russia. Um, how is it possible that these people, are they sociopaths? What's going on here? I think some of them are. Uh, when you look at what's happening to animals, uh, only someone who's truly disturbed could even dream up some of these experiments, never mind actually conduct them. And that's what we see happening. Um, but to Tom's point about people having an awakening, we do see that. Uh, we do work with whistleblowers who are either have access to the labs or who have worked in the labs themselves. A uh, veterinarian named Jim Keen, Dr. Jim Keen, was working in a USDA laboratory where they were doing these uh, production experiments for the animal agriculture industry, basically trying to make animal ag 
uh, more profitable and efficient by doing Frankenstein experiments on animals to make them grow faster, um, to have, you know, to create more twins when animals give birth. So there'd be more animals to abuse on these factory farms, really horrific stuff. And he, you know, he changed his mind about that after he saw what they were doing there and blew the whistle and ended up on the cover of the New York Times, which is fantastic. Some important reforms uh, resulted from Jim Keen coming forward. He also helped, helped us expose how the USDA was flying government personnel to wet markets in foreign countries, buying dog and cat meat, flying it back in their carry-on luggage to US, a US lab, a government lab, and then force feeding it to kittens. Uh, and what we call the USDA kitten slaughterhouse. They were also killing the kittens after they force fed them this meat. Uh, and as a result of Jim Keen uh, and his knowledge of the USDA having come from inside there, we were able to not only expose that program to shut it down, that was the government's largest cat laboratory. They'd killed 3,000 cats and wasted $22 million. We're breeding hundreds and hundreds and hundreds of kittens to force feed this this dog and cat meat to in these cannibalism experiments. Um, we got a bipartisan group of members of Congress together and millions of our you know our millions of members and put pressure on the USDA to shut it down. So there are some thoughtful, compassionate, and brave people who do see abuses and come forward and have a change of heart and a change of mind and do some good. Um, but I think in a lot of cases the almighty dollar is ruling the day and it's going to take us cutting that money off instead of waiting for people to change their minds, which may never happen. Oh, wow. This is, it's a truly, I mean, sometimes I say nothing will shock me, but it's truly shocking and upsetting. And just the idea that my hard earned tax dollars somehow get filtered this way. It's, it's, enraging. We're going to take a short break on Voice America Radio, but we're going to stay live on Facebook. Stay with us. And of course, you can call in and ask 866-472-5. We're going to go to break. We'll be back in a second. Get Unchained. Tune in every Monday for Jane Unchained on the Voice America Influencers Channel, featuring nationally recognized best-selling author, TV journalist, and social media influencer, Jane Velez Mitchell. This program takes you inside a trending lifestyle that's the next wave of human evolution. It all starts on your plate. If you want to revolutionize your life, get happier, more energized, then discover the secret. Tune in to Jane Unchained Mondays at 10 a.m. Pacific Time and 1 p.m. Eastern Time on the Voice America Influencers Channel. Become a member of voiceamerica.com. It's easy and best of all, it's free. Start out by going to our homepage or any of our channels and click register at the top. Once you've created an account and signed in, you can create your own custom library, opt into our newsletter, search by show, host, guest, or topic of interest, or browse millions of hours of content across all of our Voice America radio channels. Membership gets you more. Visit voiceamerica.com today to get started and tailor the listening experience to your taste. Tune in to the Tony D'Urso Show with key influencers for entertaining and thought-provoking weekly discussions with some of the top stars in their fields. From business, sports, and science to entertainment, music, and literature, Tony's guests share their success and give their wisdom. If you're looking to manifest your vision and see how others have done so, be sure to listen to the Tony D'Urso Show every Friday at 2 p.m. Pacific Time, 5 p.m. Eastern Time on the Voice America Influencer channel. 
The Voice America Talk Radio Network is on Instagram. Make sure you follow us and comment on our pictures from behind the scenes at our radio shows, live events, and around the network. We want to see what you have to share as well. Check us out on Instagram at Voice America Talk Radio. We don't follow. We lead. Join us. The Voice America Influencers Channel. You are listening to Jane Unchained. To reach the show today, call in to 1-866-472-5795. That's 1-866-472-5795. You may also send an email in to News at gmail.com. Now back to the show. This is Jane Velez Mitchell with Unchained TV. We are talking to one of the leaders of White Coat Waste, as well as the leader of Advancing Law for Animals. These two organizations have teamed up to expose a shocking injustice and something really out of a horror movie as the United States condemns Russia for its indiscriminate and cruel bombing of the Ukraine and killing of civilians and invasion. At the same time, as we're imposing sanctions on Russia, we have also sent money to Russia to do cruel and really bizarre and useless experiments on animals. Those experiments now the subject of a scandal as White Coat Waste is saying, what are we doing? How is it possible that we're sending tens of thousands, hundreds of thousands of dollars to Russia to experiment on animals, uh, particularly at a time like this. There's legislation, there's lawsuits. Uh, let's get the very latest. Justin, bring us up to date. So um, last month, we exposed that this the Pavlov Institute in St. Petersburg, Russia, uh, we we're constantly investigating animal experimentation being funded by the U.S. government through Freedom Information Act requests, lawsuits when needed, um, scouring published papers, using government spending databases to look at where tax dollars are going. And we piece together that the National Institutes of Health in recent years has set, sent $770,000 to a Kremlin-run, uh, this is a government lab in Russia, uh, where they're purchasing cats uh, giving them brain damage, destroying, taking out parts of their brains to kind of make them what we call zombie cats. Um, they are damaging their spinal cords and planting electrodes, and then they force them to walk and run on treadmills. Um, this has been going on since at least 2018 at the Russian lab. And it's one of the Pavlov Institute is one of four, one of four Russian laboratories run by the the Kremlin, the, the Russian government that the NIH is shipping tax dollars to. Um, as soon as we exposed this, it went viral online and we had members of Congress excited about getting involved and trying to stop this waste and abuse. Um, so most recently, Congresswoman Lisa McLean and a team of other uh, congressional uh, uh, members of Congress sent a letter to Joe Biden citing our investigation, urging him, along with all the other sanctions being imposed on Russia, to make sure that the NIH is not shipping money to this cat lab or the other animal labs that are in Russia, these state-run animal laboratories. Um, and in October, prior to the current uh, crisis in the Ukraine and the invasion by Russia, 
we worked with Congress to introduce legislation called the Accountability in Foreign Animal Research Act. That's the AFAR Act. Uh, that's bill number HR 5527 for folks who follow uh, federal legislation closely. And this bill would cut funding for animal testing, cut U.S. tax funding for animal testing in countries that are deemed to be foreign adversaries like Russia, like China, countries that do not have our best interests in mind and actually pose a threat to our national security. We don't know what Russia is actually doing with this money that we're sending there. Uh, we don't know what you know, there's over two dozen Chinese labs that are getting money from the United States National Institutes of Health for animal experiments. We don't know exactly what's happening there with this money. We don't know, you know, at the the best case scenario is they're doing what they're saying that they're doing, which is horrible as it is. It's doing experiments in animals. Um, but we don't know actually what's going on there. We don't know if animals are being tortured, if even the minimal laws that, that um, apply to these grants are being abided by. Uh, and that's why we filed this lawsuit with Vanessa and Advancing Law for Animals because of this loophole that allows foreign labs to skirt oversight. So what's going to happen with the lawsuit? Where is it? And explain it in people terms, Vanessa. So the lawsuit was recently filed. It's currently pending. And the next step is the government will file an official response. So to take a step back and talk big picture, Congress requires all animal laboratories receiving taxpayer funds to have certain minimum animal care standards. But bizarrely and illegally, the NIH has issued a rule saying that foreign animal labs like Russia receiving taxpayer dollars don't need to have these minimum animal care standards that domestic recipients need to have. So number one, it's heinous. Number two, it's problematic because there's no oversight. But three, and most importantly, it is illegal. The NIH cannot make a rule that directly opposes a law by Congress. That's why we filed this very important lawsuit on behalf of White Coat Waste Project. And our lawsuit, if successful, will knock out this illegal foreign animal lab loophole. So we've got legislation to stop this. We've got a lawsuit to stop this. You also file Freedom of Information Act requests to get information about similar experiments. We also have a changing of the guard at the NIH. Uh, correct me if I'm wrong, but the longtime head of the NIH, who was very pro-vivisection, uh, has retired, and they're going to have a new NIH director. So what's happening there, Justin? Because if we get somebody who's in the 21st century and who is not um, a supporter of these truly medieval torture experiments that don't achieve uh, any advances for science, um, basic research going on, the same experiments repeated decade after decade uh, with no accountability, it would appear. Um, if we get somebody who's more modern, who, for example, is interested in experimenting with organs on a chip and all sorts of high-tech uh, modern methods that are available today, could that be a game changer, Justin? What's the latest on that? Absolutely, you put it so well, it could be game changing. The National Institutes of Health of the United States 
is the single largest funder of animal testing in the entire world. Not just the US, the entire world, $20 billion a year just from the NIH. That doesn't include other federal agencies that are funding and conducting animal experiments. So the NIH, as far as we're concerned, is public enemy number one when it comes to animal testing. Uh, a change in leadership that we've recently seen, there's an acting director now uh, who's a dentist by trade. He's not an animal experimenter. Um, that could mean the difference between the lives of millions of animals being saved or not. Um, and not to mention the billions of dollars being wasted that could be used on other programs uh, that actually help improve people's lives, whether at the NIH or other agencies. So we're cautiously optimistic that either the acting director or whoever gets installed permanently at the NIH has a more modern view of biomedical research, a more thoughtful view about animal experimentation um, and what the NIH's role in all of that should be. The NIH has a lot of power. Uh, the members of Congress are very deferential to the NIH uh, and they love funding it. And they could be funding really important, exciting, humane research that is going to actually help people and not just torture animals, except that's not what they're doing because of people like Francis Collins, the, the, the immediate past director, because people like Anthony Fauci, who has so much clout at the NIH and who never amended an animal experiment he didn't love. Um, we've had just a toxic leadership structure at the NIH for too long. Uh, and we need a changing of the guard and hopefully that's what we're starting to see. And look, it seems pretty obvious to us, common sense, these experiments, we've seen too many of them. There's been too many news stories about it. The secret's out. The word is out that sedating mother monkeys and then throwing the babies in there with mom and scaring them with plastic snakes and then watching the baby go, mommy, wake up, but mommy can't wake up because she's sedated. That's not science. That's some kind of crazy snuff film. And when you see the video, it truly becomes obvious how childish, how barbaric, how medieval, how unscientific these experiments are. Why is it that so many people have woken up and said, this is outrageous, and yet um, you have on administrations on both sides not doing anything about it and just sort of looking the other way and saying, well, it's research, Vanessa. Well, Jane, the unfortunate reality is, is that the government is slow to change. And so that's why we have two levers to pull to influence government action. We have lobbying and we have litigation. So we, of course, need the pressure on on the lobbying side. That's why White Coat Waste is finding and exposing these horrific, cruel and wasteful ex experiments, alerting the public, educating the public educating members of Congress. And then on the other side of this, we need to be mining these findings for litigation vulnerabilities because when the government takes illegal action, the government must be held accountable. So again, the government is slow to move. We need to keep the pressure on and keep pulling those levers, lobbying and litigation. So what's next? For people who are watching this and saying, this is outrageous, you've said, 
contact your member of Congress. Now, I know that, you know, the days of asking people to write long letters are long gone. If you can hit a button, um, it's much more likely to happen. You're saying you can go to White Coat Waste. Tell us exactly what people can do to actually express their upset over this travesty. So if you visit whitecoatwaste.org, we have a take action page on there that you can click. Um, there is a button right there to take action on the AFAR Act. And when you click there, you can it'll automatically generate a letter from you to your member of Congress. You just fill in your contact information and that will fire off an email that this is not a this is not just going to go out into the ether and no one's going to see it. It's going to go directly to your member of Congress expressing your displeasure with the fact that the NIH is sending money to Russian laboratories and, uh, and laboratories in other countries that are deemed foreign adversaries. Um, this is the most important thing we can do right now is get this legislation passed. It'll cut the money from the Russian labs. It'll cut the money from Chinese lab labs in China that have been torturing animals as well. Uh, and it'll apply to any other country that ends up on this list of foreign adversaries. These are countries that threaten our national security, uh, don't have our best interests in mind, and certainly should not be, be rewarded for that. But that's exactly what the NIH is doing. Uh, the problem of foreign animal experimentation over time, luckily, has improved some. We've been analyzing the data for the last decade on how much money was going to foreign animal labs, uh, and it has been going down, which is great. But we're still looking at about $140, 150000000 million a year that's going out the door, out the country, to these foreign animal testing labs, again, in countries very often that do not have a single law in the books protecting animals in labs. And the NIH has exempted these foreign labs from abiding by the US's laws. So it's like the Wild West in some of these places. We don't know what's happening with the money. We don't know what's happening to animals. Um, and there's really been a staggering lack of accountability and transparency. And that speaks to this bigger issue of why this problem has persisted for so long. And it's because of this lack of accountability is that Congress gives the NIH money and no one has really been there haven't really been checks and balances on how that money is being spent. Wow. That's my cat okay. in the background there. Uh, oh, <laughs> I was wondering. Yes, I he have a fired cat, up. Very, fired I have a cat who's very vocal as well. Yeah. And that's why when I saw that image of that cat, well, I love all animals, but it broke my heart. I looked at that cat and I go, oh my God, what on earth? What on earth? And one of the reasons that I understand that animal experimentation continues to get funded, correct me if I'm wrong, Vanessa, is that it's easy to sort of design a paper around it. In other words, oh, what's going to kill XYZ number of animals? Uh, here's what we're going to do. Whereas sophisticated research requires a little bit more uh, thoughtfulness. And actually, um, for example, if you used organs on a chip, it would be a more complex uh, presentation to seek funding because you would actually have to dig deep and come up with what you're going to change or improve as opposed to let's see what kills XYZ number of animals. You know, Jane, a lot of different industries have a lot of skin in this game. We've got to look at the industries that are breeding animals for experimentation, they certainly want the train to keep going. Then we've got to look at industries that are making the cages for these animals, 
uh, making the treadmills that these animals run on. Well, those industries certainly want to keep on the gravy train. And then we've got to take a look at universities, even prestigious universities. They're getting big checks to do this kind of work. And they use those big checks in part to finance their experimentation, but also to cover some of their administrative costs. So there's a lot of big companies that are dependent on this annual cycle of money and the federal government just keeps writing these checks on autopilot year after year. It makes no sense. And that's why we need the work of watchdog organizations like White Coat Ways to blow the whistle on this and why we've got to mine these findings for litigation and take legal action where we can. And I want to add, it's quite hard to sue on behalf of animals due to the structure of our legal system. So an animal cannot on her or his own behalf file a lawsuit. That's why myself as an animal lawyer, we have this really tricky task of coming up with other creative ways to get into court on behalf of animals. It's a big task, we're up for it, and we're so thrilled to share our work with you today. You guys are absolutely extraordinary. This is such a hard job that you're doing. You have to seek out the worst, the worst in human nature, the worst in abuse. You've got to study it. And then you've got to figure out legal and legislative ways to combat it. I get quite overwhelmed every time I start researching a white coat waste story because it's just so depressing that people are capable of this. How, on a personal note, we only have a couple of minutes. How do you do it, Justin? And then I'll go to Vanessa. Uh, well, I've been doing this a long time, almost 20 years. Um, I think if we look at 2015, so 17 years I've been doing this, the same type of work is expo you know, looking for exposing and then campaigning against animal experimentation, almost all of it government funded animal experimentation. Um, I keep my eye on the prize. That's how I do it. I, you know, we've, we've scored a lot of victories and anytime I see a problem, whether it's the situation in Russia or experimentation happening here in the United States, like we've been exposing that Anthony Fauci was funding or other agencies that the government are funding. I think, what are we gonna do to stop this? Because I could sit and wring my hands about how terrible something is, but what my job is, what my organization's job is not to just get people fired up and upset about things, but to end it. Um, so whenever I see a problem, I'm very solution oriented. I think how, how soon can we get this to stop and how are we going to do that? Um, but I realized that not everyone has, you know, this is my full-time job. It's my life's work. This is what I've been doing, you know, most of my adult life. Um, not everyone has the tools to do that. So I understand that some of this information can be very hard to confront, uh, emotionally crippling sometimes because it is just so sad. And it seems like every day you're seeing some new form of abuse uh, popping up in your social media feed. And that's not encouraging. Um, and I get that. Um, but I also see on the inside every day us making progress, um, getting more legislators to sign on to, to these bills that we're working on, um, getting these funding bills to restrict how money can be spent, uh, changing the hearts and minds of millions of people, um, growing the universe of media outlets. I mean, you've been, must, you've been with the White Coat since the very beginning, Jane. I mean, some of our first interviews were with you. You've been a true believer. We're so grateful for your support um, forever. 
Um, but not everyone is as forward thinking as you, but slowly over time, I see, you know, folks who never would have thought about covering these issues coming around and starting to give them coverage in the media. So I think there's a lot of progress being made and that's what keeps me motivated is that we are making change. It's happening more slowly than we want it to, um, but it is happening. And even if you're someone just on the street, you don't do this full time, uh, you just sit down at your computer and you're checking your social media feed and you're upset about something you see, when folks tell you to take action or contact Congress, it makes a difference. And I can tell you that as our lobbyist, that every letter that gets sent through our website is ending up in these congressional offices. And we're following up and making sure that at the very least they're being seen and at the best that the, the legislators are doing what we're asking them to do, which is, you know, sometimes it's uh, speaking out about an issue or co-sponsoring a piece of legislation. Um, there are more avenues available than ever to get the word out about animal experimentation. There's more legislators than ever working on the problem. There's new technologies that are supplanting animal, replacing animal experimentation. And most importantly, more people than ever oppose it. And we're gonna see that translated into policy changes uh, if we do our jobs right. And final word, Vanessa Shakib, how do you do it? Well, I echo what Justin's saying. It's very motivating when you see any progress that's being made. Um, for myself, I try and stay focused on the legal issue before me. But I think what's important for anybody uh, dealing with tricky or painful subject matter as part of their profession to always take the time to place emphasis on positive things. And that's why, Jane, it's so great that Unchained covers you know, the serious issues, the horrific experimentation, but the positive aspects of the animal rights community, the vegan festivals, the new foods, the new restaurants, the community, the connection, it's so important to stay together in a positive way and to seek positive people to counter a lot of the really hard stuff in this movement. Yes, thank you both. You're my heroes. Everybody who's watching or listening, you can be part of the solution. Go to whitecoatwaste.com, right? Org, but I okay. think they both end up in the same place. Okay, whitecoatwaste.org, whitecoat, science, whitecoatwaste.org, and uh, send that letter to your member of Congress, huge. Uh, and then get involved. Uh, this organization uh, needs public support, uh, both of them do, to keep going. So be part of this group, yes. And uh, as Vanessa said, it's not all sadness. We also have a lot of fun. Actually, I think it's the most joyous experience of uh, life to live a plant-based vegan lifestyle where we're not uh, using products that are experimented on animals, and we're not supporting all this atrociousness. And um, we are helping uh, the human race evolve to a um, nonviolent state. It's a work in progress for sure. Catch us next time on Unshade TV. Thank you so much. Thank you for tuning in to Jane Unchained. We hope you'll join Jane Velez Mitchell for the next edition of her program next Monday at 1 p.m. Eastern Time and 10 a.m. Pacific Time on the Voice America Influencers Channel. Meanwhile, have a peaceful week.